0: Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Worrying Bugs Podcast, a podcast to entertain us, not you. (laughs) I thought of that late last night and wrote it down. It's, yeah, it's like 90% accurate, I'd say. And we love doing it, and we'll keep doing it, but we're not doing it for you, listeners. We're doing it for us. <laughs> okay, but also, I I'd, like
0: I'd, if we could make changes to make it better for the listeners, I would not turn them down.
1: Okay, fine, but if it makes me enjoy the podcast less, it's not going to happen.
0: Okay, yeah. Speaking of changes we've made of our own volition to the podcast, uh, a while ago we added in uh, hidden treasures. Just a little... Uh, aspect of our daily lives the places around us and the situations we're in that
1: we enjoy so what what's the hidden treasure of madison sport fortnight it is a good amount of time between classes the time between classes that are too big to justify just sitting there and waiting but too mm-hmm. small to do something super intensive like a heavy duty homework assignment okay yeah a little idling tasks but nothing yeah so hard tuesdays and thursdays i have a break between my classes that is too long to do something like super intensive too short short god this is confusing anyway (laughs) uh like it sounds on the face of it like a bad thing like oh this time is too short to be doing something intensive and too long to be just idle uh Mm -hmm. but really i enjoy it because i get to do things that feel like stupid little tasks that I should do when I'm bored, but feel like I should be doing something. Which is exactly what that is. Like what? Like?
0: like I'm not entirely sure what you mean by...
1: Well, uh, for example, on Tuesday, I renamed all my projects in OmniFocus to the format Project Blank uh, uh, as a code name. <laughs> And because so- you had to, or? No, because it's something I wanted to do, and it's fun, and now also I can share screenshots of OmniFocus without uh, exposing my secret projects. Fair enough. So yeah. Do you have a lot of those? Secret projects? No. But, but I guess not, now all not... they're all secret projects. Yeah, now the, but now you don't know mm-hmm. which ones are secret and which ones are... I will say one thing. Project Niagara is probably pretty guessable. You're gonna... Uh,
0: do, do, the, do the waterfall in a barrel thing that they do.
1: Yeah, I'm training for it. Spending <laughs> copious amounts of time in barrels and having yeah. Dylan just shake me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the water tracker.
0: Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> See, I always, you, you know this, the the one project that I've had the opportunity to give a secret project name to, uh, it's been like three levels deep, and I didn't actually Google just project and the the project name that I had selected. Um, so that ended up being something weird. It was like an anime. Uh,
1: are you talking about, um, hold on, it's still in here. Uh,
0: project Ma- Mabinoji.
1: Mabinoji, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, But... But that one's definitely not uh, about
1: the anime or whatever comes up when you first Google it. Um, (laughs) That's good. Yeah. As the point of the secret project name is that it's unguessable just by the name of the project. So that's why Project Niagara probably isn't very good.
0: Zach, what is your hidden treasure for this week? Well, first I'm actually trying to think of... um... What kind of tasks I do in that space because I don't actually I have very few classes this semester that I need to go and attend lecture for and the way that they schedule them usually they aren't even on the same days Um, but I'm trying to remember what those tasks were before Hmm. like semesters previous I think one of them was just cleaning out my file system I try to declutter my file system just go through like downloads and desktop and stuff once a week or so it's a good idea. And that's a good, low intensity, but still takes some thought. For sure. But now that I'm in this other place uh, and taking Swedish classes with their weird block scheduling, um, I am trying to figure out what else to do. When I'm not in classes and not working on homework, What what is there to do in this city? And that's kind of hard to fi- find out, especially if you don't use Facebook a lot, because they seem to use Facebook quite a lot to orchestrate that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but a lot of them are on the local newspaper. So uh, I know when I was living in Milwaukee, there was a, there were a couple different news outlets and all of them would have a, Hey, it's Friday, March, whatever. And here's the five things you can do over the weekend. And all of them would have a couple different things on their list. And once in a while I would actually go to them. Most often I didn't, but, um, there's also one of those from the Vesterås Tidning, which is just the news here. Um, I checked it today, and they said, here's a talk in Swedish. Here's a Swedish comedy concert thing for $40. And here's some sports things. So I will need to check back next weekend and let you know. Um, <laughs> but I still appreciate that it's there as a, a thing to use in the area. Right. So I, I know, Stephen, that sometimes I get uh, a little bit bitter at my classes when I'm doing them, and uh, a good way to not be bitter about my classes is to rem- remind myself of all the cool things that I am learning from them. Uh, so I just wanted to do do a little exercise. Uh, what's something cool
1: that you've learned in one of your classes? Okay. Uh, Zach gave me a bit of a warning, so it wasn't too hard to find. Mm. Um I'm pretty indifferent about my economics class. I like economics um and yeah. it's a microeconomics class, so the theories are pretty basic uh just how does supply and demand interact uh so sometimes mm-hmm. I can get a little bored because they are fairly simple. yeah, but I always pay attention when they start talking about agricultural examples for <laughs> uh the the policies mm-hmm. And I always think of the Worrying Bugs whenever they start talking about theoretical milk politics and how, <laughs> the, uh, how a price floor... Is that a floor... whole field? Theoretical <laughs> milk politics? It, it always tends to be because they keep talking about price floors and price ceilings, but they, they always give the examples in... Um, they always start talking about farmers and the mm. dairy products and the what happens if you put a price floor on milk. Just what happens... Uh, real quick what's a price floor uh, the lowest price that you can charge for a bottle of milk regardless of how much it actually takes to produce it
0: okay and so that mean, would much... be so it's like, cha- set by the government or yes yeah and okay.
1: what and why you might do that and why it's probably not a good idea is mostly the a message i've been getting from it why would you do it well, uh, as you know, Zach, farming is not the most stable profession as far as, uh, per, like, how much money you make in a year. Right. You could just have a bad year and you are Yeah, it now, could be dry or... Yeah, you're eating your horses now. Not really. It very rarely happens. But, like, you could be very well off one year and not very well off the next year just because you had bad weather. hmm So, if you are a fortunate farmer... In a dry mm. year, then you can charge a lot of money for your products, your your uh, whatever, corn or whatever. We'll, we'll say corn, just for fun. Okay. So if everyone else has a bad year, and you have a decent year, or even average, then you can charge a lot of money for your corn because there's not a lot of other corn. Yeah, now, the supply
0: and demand thing you were talking about.
1: Yeah, because consumers will generally want the same amount of corn no matter what year it is. Mm-hmm. The only thing that changes how much corn they want is price. Yeah. So you're going to sell it at the highest price you can, that consumers will still buy all of your corn. So uh, to manage that, to the government might put in a price ceiling so that you can't charge more than this for your corn.
0: Okay. With the thought that that's fair to
1: consumers or to other farmers? Both, yeah. The okay. other farmers can still sell whatever small amount of corn they have for that price. Or they might implement a price floor and say, you can't charge less than this, which evens the playing field for all of the farmers, regardless of how much corn they actually have. But what it creates, if you're graphing it, is an area on that graph of corn that would have been bought if it was at equilibrium price that is not bought. A surplus. Yes. Or no. Yeah, a surplus or if you do a a price uh, ceiling a shortage. Yeah. And that leads to the government having to buy corn and store it in underground warehouses and or burn it or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh and it's it's interesting cuz like what are the solutions just to find out all the solutions to these really big problems but on this, you know, micro economic scale. Mhm. And I think the reason they use agricultural examples is that agriculture doesn't really affect many other industries, like uh, steel is being discussed as far as for tariffs at the time of this recording, Mm -hmm. but imposing tariffs on steel won't just affect the steel industry. It'll affect the industry of anything that uses steel. Iron ore and coal would also be affected. It's both sides of the supply chain yeah, for it. And you can say whatever you want about that. We don't need to get into it. Yeah. But um, it's agriculture is a good example for microeconomic scale. So what I get is theoretical milk politics, which is of course something I really really like because worrying bugs made me like milk politics. <laughs> All right. So what's your exciting thing from your class sec? So, listening to
0: my remarks on supply chains and supply and demand, it's probably pretty clear that I have no idea, uh, really, anything about economics. <laughs> like, I don't have a, I don't have a clear picture in my head of what economics even looks like. Um, and I'm thinking, having this AI class, that people probably don't have a very clear picture in their head of what AI looks like. Um,
1: it's a big black box with a red eye
0: called hal okay yeah so you think of hal if i were to ask you like what you think if you were to think at the computer level what ai looks like a picture of it what would you say
1: just honestly like right now because mm-hmm. of yeah. reasons i might tell the listeners later it's uh, a python script with like 30 imports <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay i guess you're right you are correct in that um (laughs) and the picture that i had in my head going into this ai class was of that classical like a couple level neural network of just a bunch Mm -hmm. of circles with lines connecting them and then another layer of circles and lines going down to the next layer just kind of for a couple layers um I asked some other people who listen to the podcast, and most of them said, uh, smart cars. Not, like, smart car, the brand, but, like, a connected car. Uh, self-driving car. That's the term. uh An auto. The, the Sophie. Sophia, I think. Sophia robot. Mm, I think I've heard of that. Do you know? Yeah. It's basically just, on right in the middle of the uncanny valley.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: Um... And all of those things are applications of AI, or um, dystopic predictions of AI, or <laughs> uh, dystopic current experiences of having to write AI. But uh, I-, I was just thinking that there's probably not as, as good an understanding of AI.
1: That's because it's really hard to comprehend.
0: Right. But I, I want to I lay some groundwork. Okay. So it's not necessarily that picture in your head of a neural network, which you might have heard of. That's the that it gets some inputs and then it does some math in the middle
1: and then it gives you some outputs. Okay. Zach, um, I have to I have to stop you because there's a great project being done. Okay. So someone took a neural network, put all the Harry Potter books into it. Oh yes. And it wrote its own Harry Potter book, and it's the it was- best.
0: Was it a neural network or a Markov chain?
1: Uh, I think those are
0: different things.
1: Hold on. It's called Harry Potter and the Portrait of What Looked Like a Large Pile of Ash. I'm going to read an excerpt from chapter 13.
0: Okay, I'm going to look into how it happened.
1: Okay. Harry could tell that Voldemort was standing right behind him. He felt a great overreaction. Harry tore his eyes from his head and threw them into the forest. Voldemort raised his eyebrows at Harry, who could not see anything at the moment. Voldemort, you are a very bad and mean wizard, Harry savagely said. Hermione nodded encouragingly. The tall Death Eater was wearing a shirt that said, Hermione has forgotten how to dance. So Hermione dipped his (laughs) face in mud. Ron threw a wand at Voldemort, and everyone applauded. Ron smiled. Ron reached for his wand slowly. Ron's the handsome one, muttered Harry as he reluctantly reached for his. They cast a spell or two, and jets of green shot out of the Death Eater's heads. Ron flinched. <laughs> Not so handsome now, thought Harry, as he dipped Hermione in hot sauce. The Death Eaters <laughs> were dead now, and Harry was hungrier <laughs> than he had ever been. <laughs> so yeah. That's... Okay, so
0: yeah, um, that's one application of AI. uh. And you actually definitely did uh, play into the point that I was trying to make by saying it was a neural network because uh, we don't know for sure if that was a neural network, if that was that um, multiple layers of circles with lines connecting them. Um, And that, that really is just one subset of artificial intelligence. Really, there's a lot of different problems that are trying to be solved by artificial intelligence. There's different algorithms that you can use to solve those different kinds of problems. Uh, so neural networks are really good for probability uh, and for categorization. So um, if, that, if that Harry Potter book was a neural network, it could be calculating the probability that a particular word was next. Um, but I don't, I don't think that a neural network would be the right, necessarily the best application for that or the best uh, algorithm for that. But it is useful for if you give a picture to a neural network, the properly trained neural network, it will be able to classify if a thing is a cat or a dog, for example. Right. And neural networks are good at that, at building those connections and figuring out through a couple layers how likely something is to be something else. Mm -hmm. But there's also um, optimization problems, uh, such as like the traveling salesman problem you might have heard of that we've got one person who's got to get to 10 different cities at different distances from each other and uh, we've got to figure out the fastest way for him to go through all of
1: those cities and so for right. that and you might want to use something like what's that and it's been mathematically proven that it's impossible to solve mathematically so we right. can't just apply yeah. an algorithm to it yeah but you can apply algorithms that are good
0: at guessing um, right because it's it's np but Checkable so you can't just quickly solve it mathematically, but you can quickly figure out which one's better if you have two potential solutions Um, and so for that kind of thing you can use uh, Differential evolution is what we're currently working on. There's genetic algorithms um, and those both rely on you have some size of population you choose a couple individuals from there who are particularly good, so maybe they have a very short distance uh, in that traveling salesman, and then you cross them over, you mix them up, um, the, the differences between them are how you mix them up and how you choose them, and then you come out with a new population, and you just keep going until you've gone for 100 generations or until you have uh, a close enough solution to the ideal or whatever it is. You uh, just continue going with that kind of algorithm. So the point that I'm trying to make, I suppose, in a very circuitous manner, (laughs) is that the thing to think of when you hear AI isn't necessarily one thing. Um, It's a lot of different ways to approach different flavors of problem.
1: All right. Speaking of problems. Okay. Okay. You having some problems? Um, I have a problem, which is that it's. Uh, I want to write more. I want to write things with pens because I have lots of fancy pens and I love to u- to write with them. But is it that you want to write with the pens or you want to write things? Both, I guess. Like I, I want to use my pens more because I like writing with my pens, but I need something to write, so I write things. Okay. T-H-I-N-G-S over and over again. Mm.
0: Like, um, <laughs> uh,
1: I know when and, I, I did a, a stage play
0: and we had to make it look like we were writing book reports and somebody else on stage just wrote moose, just <laughs> covered the page in the word <laughs> moose over and over and
1: over and over again.
0: And that's how they made it look like they were writing.
1: Nice. Uh, Yeah, I want to write things, but I... And I have notebooks, I have pens, and I have ink, I have all the materials. And then I sit down to write, say, like, uh, an additional journal-ish thing that isn't my journal. My journal is the thing I do at night to reflect on my day. The This little mini journal that I'm going to... that I'm, This is a separate topic now. Uh, started carting t- okay. around uh, large field notes. I'm writing things in it. Field notes makes... The newest Large limited ones? edition, yeah, is the Ooh. signature, is a slightly larger. Here, I'm going to give you the normal size.
0: All right, yeah, so it's, it's like Field Notes Plus. It's a yeah. slightly larger model.
1: It is slightly larger. And it's good for journaling, because it's not so tiny that you feel like you have to try to mm-hmm. scribble in it. Um, anyway, I just feel like... I did start writing it eventually, but I just couldn't for a while. Like, none of the thoughts I was having, even though this was not, like, a... It wasn't a... uh, This this journal was supposed to just be, like, random thoughts I have Mm -hmm. that I might want to write down. And I just couldn't, like, none of the thoughts I was having were worthy of, like, the first page of the journal. Okay, yeah. Because it was... It's, like, it looks nice, and the paper feels good, and it just pen would make make it like not as good so I just eventually just wrote a title page and decided that would be the first thing can step backwards for you it says thoughts maybe yeah yeah it does so just thoughts but it like took some willpower to just all right you're defiling it go for it just do it (laughs) do it come on Mm -hmm. I have the opposite problem when I'm doing my like my nightly
0: journal is I feel like I have to fill up the whole page i need to keep reminding myself that it's okay if i just get like three quarters of the way or halfway down the page (laughs) and i'm done with the thought for tonight and i can just set it aside and go to bed so that means that you're carrying around a nice pen with you then if you presumably if you have a a journal Uh, that you want to write nice things in
1: i switched from a backpack to a messenger bag okay And that may not seem like that big a difference as far as, uh, what I can carry around, but it does. What it allows me to do is keep a pen, a nice pen and a journal in one of the outer pockets and Mm. not worry about it like falling out or anything because it's just like on my hip and not ever going to be jostled. Um, So you're saying a messenger
0: bag is just like extreme pockets,
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. So I can (laughs) carry around this thing and just whip it out when I need to write something down. And yeah, I'm enjoying that. But it took a second to actually the first time do it. Mm. So and you've you've written something in the second page now. Yeah, in the third page and the fourth page, whenever I have a thought. Yeah, there. I'd probably be up to like I'm at page like five right now. I'd probably be up to eleven or so if I had just written at the start. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you got over the hurdle. <laughs> I'm just like I'm pretty sure it's going to happen next time. I have to start a new journal too. Mhm. So we'll see. I
0: always um I always paste the essay prompt at the top of the document before I actually start the essay so that it's not just a big white page
1: staring at me. Ooh, that's a good idea. So, Zach, you mentioned your journal which is right. a daily thing for you? Um in an ideal world, yeah, I. Okay. It could be daily. Let's say that. Okay. So ideally, it's a, like a nightly habit, and you do it at night. Right. So, do you have like a morning uh, set of habits, a routine? Um. Yeah. So I have a
0: morning routine of sorts. It's not working out for me though. I definitely lose a lot of time to my phone. When I do, like, get up on time, and sometimes I just don't. As I mentioned before, I don't have classes in the morning. So there's nothing really, there's no external force uh, getting me out of bed, I suppose. So I need to get myself up out of bed, and that's harder to do if all I do when I get up out of bed is read really, really crappy Cisco documentation. (laughs) and some days in the past weeks that's really been the plan it's just been all right we're gonna get up out of bed and then we're gonna read cisco for the whole day uh that's a bad plan and you should not do that to yourself ever listener (laughs) uh so i i need to figure out either some sort of carrot or some sort of stick to get myself out of bed Mm -hmm. and moving and doing work uh the current plan is like get up an hour earlier than i had been um which I can do, I can swing that with my sleep schedule. So just compress my sleep schedule a little bit um, and take whatever time I have in that extra hour. So if I get done with my morning routine in an hour, then I have an hour before work starts to just do coding for myself or work on the vlog or whatever it is. Uh, So far I've had literally one day to test that. It worked okay that one day. the, the next part of it is that I would need to get away from this space because sitting at the same desk and just switching tasks and switching mentalities is not something I'm capable of doing. So I would need to be able to get up and go to a coffee shop or go to the school, something like that. Right. Do you have any ideas, if that ends up not working, uh, what I could do for, uh, for some sort of morning uh, motivation?
1: Uh, I can't speak to... Having more, like, my weekdays are. I do have morning classes. I, sh- I should just start with that. Mm-hmm. I do have morning classes, uh, but on weekends, my routine is to. Which I guess would. I guess weekends would be my equivalent, which is. I don't really have a reason to get out of bed except for the work I don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, my motivation is, uh, a caffeine hit because I'm a freaking addict. Okay. Um, so, but I. To. To get that, I need to go outside, and for that you need to be mm-hmm. dressed and at least semi-presentable. Uh, so do you consistently get that caffeine hit at 10 a.m. or whatever, or... Uh, no, I don't have a schedule for it because it is just weekends, like it yeah. wouldn't really make sense for it to be a schedule, but I can definitely imagine a world in which I do make a schedule for that and have my body get used to it. Mm-hmm and be kind of cranky if i don't get it at the right time yeah uh okay so the other thing you can do is say okay i'm gonna get up and go to study area and not do like the first thing you do in the morning isn't at your desk right next to your bed or whatever your living situation is Mm -hmm.
0: yeah pretty much has to be
1: yeah and i think by doing that you give yourself uh a reason like technically there's nothing making you go somewhere to do your work Mm -hmm. but even still you kind of feel like you should uh get going because you said you would and it's not just right there you have to you have to put some effort into it and that little bit of effort is enough to in the morning make you think okay let's get going because we gotta do that effort and by the time i get to the coffee shop i want to have enough time to work on stuff and i'm not sure how long away it is it's a you know two-minute walk for me so oh it's like fifteen minutes by bike 50 or 15 teen okay <laughs> but yeah like that's like you want to have enough time to start doing work once you get there and you don't want to have to just turn around and come back right so maybe that's good enough maybe it's not that's what i would do yeah i think i'm gonna keep keep going with my current plan
0: and if that ends with me sleep deprived maybe i'll try your plan
1: <laughs> okay
0: uh and that also segues me nicely into a question about your morning routine Stephen. you oh, surreptitiously removed it from the document did i yeah did we talk about it is that what happened
1: did we talk about it and i just entirely forgot i don't what was it what What was the heading was it just steven's morning routine cold showers oh yeah i removed that because it wasn't interesting Did you end up doing it? No. So so a couple episodes ago,
0: Stephen's year (laughs) of effort dictated that he should do this thing that is scientifically proven to be good for him. And just a small amount of effort to do.
1: It ended up being a lot more effort than it sounds like. In what way, Stephen? In the way that it... Okay, well, let's, let's look at it this way. You can't just say cold showers are... An easy thing to do because you just stand there in cold water because you don't just stand there in cold water you like avoid the water because it is cold and not comfortable okay okay beyond that it's still not like yeah you can still that's still not a lot of effort mm-hmm. the other thing is that it made me do something similar to what you're doing which is not want to get up because i knew i would have to take a cold shower okay which is making it more so the act of taking a cold shower is making it more effort to get out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. that combined with the actual like effort of taking the cold shower and you know shivering and whatever yeah and the uncomfort okay. like i'm like technically i don't think uncomfort it, discomfort is an effort but it does take some effort to not make yourself comfortable yes when you could easily do it by twisting a thing in the shower i given the entire
0: last conversation i can be convinced that uh (laughs) it's it's good for encouraging
1: me to get out of bed is a good enough reason uh but yeah it 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 falls above the threshold for what is too much effort to be uh done i guess all right i'm sticking to it
0: okay yeah that's
1: Uh okay, so part of your daily morning routine might be to wake up and have breakfast and with a healthy serving of eggs, bacon, and a big glass of milk right, yeah, that could theoretically, and if it's a good day and you're just feeling really good, you might just squeeze some chocolate syrup into that milk and mix it together.
0: It's <laughs> not a habit I have built at all that's not a a correlation in my brain, but sure. Let's assume we're in a universe where my first thought on a good day is to add chocolate to milk. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Moving from there. Well, you and uh, Governor... What's his name?
0: Oh,
1: R- I'm hearing Rauner. about Rouner. Okay. You and Governor Rouner would be demonstrating your commitment to diversity. No. So, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. Um it's te- technically milk politics, so it falls in our domain, Zach, but uh it... I'm st- no, I'm still trying to like process your
0: uh your intonation, I suppose. That just because a metaphor is applied to a thing once, that thing is always that metaphor?
1: <laughs> Just, just go with it. It was a segue. It's not important. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Okay. So we're we're squarely out of me having chocolate milk for breakfast. Yep. No, Can never speak
1: ju- of that again. It's just the governor of Illinois now. Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, Governor Bruce Rauner, uh, according to the Chicago Tribune. In an awkward on-stage appearance this week, Governor Bruce Rauner drank a glass of chocolate milk to di- to demonstrate his belief in diversity. Uh, so basically the vice president of the Global Diversity and Inclusion Department of Hyatt Hotels. Oh, I didn't didn't catch that. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, just got Governor Rauner of Illinois to come on stage with him and he didn't apparently didn't really know what was going to happen on stage because <laughs> if he did, he would not agree to this. Uh, I don't know. They they implied that he had the chance to say no. That was mentioned in the article. I suppose. Still, uh, anyway, he the vice president of Hyatt, not of this division of Hyatt Hotels gave a brief speech and then to demonstrate. Uh, uh, diversity, he took a glass of white chocolate milk. No, not white chocolate milk. <laughs> white milk. Uh, <laughs> squeezed Hershey's chocolate syrup into it and then showed that it all sank to the bottom. Right, yeah. And he said that this is
0: inclusion right now. He, right. he made the uh, the metaphor is not the word I'm looking for. It starts with an A, but it is isn't allegory. Illusion, maybe? Illusion.
1: That sounds right. Hmm.
0: All right. Well, just he made the metaphor that um,
1: analogy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he made the analogy that when you add this chocolate syrup in, it just goes to the bottom. It doesn't have management positions up in the top. Um, so <laughs> y- you, can, you can slap a label of inclusive on your company or on your state or on your government and say, yeah, see, there are people of color here, uh, but actually they're all just, at the lower levels
1: and then he mixed it in and said look this is good yeah
0: it's, it's diversity and then the governor said yep and i'm committed to diversity yep. and then he drank the chocolate milk what do okay. you think of that
1: uh it felt half-hearted yeah um I think, yeah, I did write that. Uh, This demonstration felt like an intern was running up against a deadline and said, screw it, I'll just pitch the chocolate milk thing. Okay, did you
0: not read the article lower down? He's been using that for like 16 years, apparently.
1: Doesn't make it, like, that's just the feeling I got from it. Right, like It wasn't like that actually happened. But yes, it is not, it's very half-baked, and... um, It's not
0: baked at all, Stephen, it's milk.
1: Yeah, it's... (laughs) like mediocrely pasteurized i think i feel like
0: maybe it was decontextualized just to be more interesting for the article if they don't say he then went on to talk for 25 minutes about the efforts that are being made in chicago's hyatt branch right hyatt's chicago branch to be more diverse
1: right then that could have happened yeah then uh,
0: it's fine it's a it's a good like a ted talk metaphor um but I think it, it it makes me feel like it probably was just more like tired phrases and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it could have not been, potentially.
1: That's a good point.
0: I'm in college. I'm allowed to be naively optimistic about politics and politicians and <laughs> hoping that they say something that isn't just a lot of weasel words. I'm I'm allowed to have those opinions right now. Good for you. And now, a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. Blueberries can be conjured out of thin air by the government. This has been a PSA from The Worrying Bugs.
1: <laughs> what the f- <laughs> uh, what? So, microeconomics is great because you can make ridiculous assumptions in the name of simplification. Okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that was just something the TA said in discussion. He's like, okay, now take the situation and imagine that the government can just conjure thin air, conjure blueberries out of thin air. And we, we just announce it to everyone. Everyone, attention. The government can conjure blueberries out of thin air. And I wrote it down immediately because even though it's a PSA to an imaginary people, mm. it, it was beautiful. Yeah,
0: that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be blueberries can now be conjured out of thin air by the government because you're announcing that it's, yeah, it's an update. you're, right. you're okay. right. And now a PSA from the Worrying Bugs: Blueberries can now be conjured out of thin air by the government. This is Ben. A PSA
1: from the Worrying Bugs. So last episode, I was complaining about my desk and how I can't find a solution to the problem that was that if I put my keyboard on the upper part of my desk, I have to write on the lower part of the desk. And if the keyboard is on the lower part of the desk, I have some pain in my wrists, wrists because it's too low. And I
0: suggested a miniature standing desk.
1: Right. I, I fixed it. I didn't use a miniature standing desk. Dang. It was not it was in consideration, <laughs> but it seemed like a lot of work yeah. to fashion one. So what did you end up using? I bought a monitor stand. Okay. It has a shelf. Now, my desk has a shelf on it with my monitor on the top shelf uh, with the open top. It's just, it's on top. The monitor is on top of a shelf. Okay. On the lower level of the shelf, I'm putting my laptop. And under Great. that is my keyboard when I am writing. And I can just slide it in and out. Okay. The laptop is in shell mode, I should specify. It's not, like, open in there. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, now you may be asking yourself, what if you need to type something while you're writing or to do research or something? That is where the wireless keyboard comes in. When I have have typing that only requires a few keystrokes at a time, Mm -hmm. I'll have my little wireless keyboard on the lower part of my desk because it won't hurt if it's just, like, mild typing, you know? Yeah. It's a lot better now. Uh, There's still some things I need to work out. Uh, My USB hub is in a place where it is pretty much impossible to get your hand. So that's not great for plugging things into it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm not... What was the other thing? We'll just stick with that for issues for now. Oh, um, it's not great for podcasting because my laptop is in shell mode, but it needs a camera and it just... So I have to pull it out and try to finagle the chords around, try to get everything to be right for podcasting. But thankfully, I only do this once every two weeks. So, except not recently, it's been like three times a week because out of times, (laughs) not really. But anyway, so yeah, uh, we are making progress on my desk. Good, I'm glad. So recently, Zach, maybe mistakenly, Told me about his interest in getting a tattoo. Yeah, and I want to talk about it because Zach is (laughs) traditionally not the type of person to get a tattoo. He has never like expressed interest to me in the past about tattoos on himself or anyone else. That's that's weird. That must be like um
0: like transportation because it's not. I haven't been disgusted by them or anything.
1: No, not not. I just don't bring it up
0: with you. I suppose
1: maybe. So I suppose I should ask. Do you have a design and a placement in mind?
0: No I, I have like design yeah, but placement okay I should say that there's there's another one that I thought of before that I could swear I've mentioned to you before so there are are two in my head okay um the the first I'm thinking uh, because I am so uh, to do list focused but also I, I never really feel like I am complete with a project uh it would be clever to get. Um, like it, the square for a checkbox, like you can picture in your head a checkbox with a green checkmark in it. And if you take the green checkmark out, there's still a little hole cut into the square where the checkmark used to be. Can you picture that in your head?
1: So it's a uh, black box?
0: Uh, n- no, because it's just the outline of the box.
1: With the area... Okay, so it's an outline of a box, and then except where the checkmark used to be where there there's is not a box not yeah so there's just two lines with corners or two yeah. sets of lines or so yeah yeah okay I, I know what you're saying uh like on the shoulder i think
0: and the the, the very clever part of this the part of it that i was very cl- uh proud to have figured out was i can uh get a bunch of custom temporary tattoos done <laughs> over this little green check marks and get the little green checkmark tattoo to put in the checkbox for just whenever I felt uh, really dumb with something.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I like it. What was the other idea?
0: Um, So the other one is I I do a lot of um, recording with audio and with video, and uh, they both have similar ways to demonstrate that it's live, that it's recording, that it's currently going on air or to tape uh which is that red light right um which also has connotations of hail, like you were saying before um you are intelligent is that what you're trying to well <laughs> uh, computer stuff i suppose okay, that yeah. that was less well thought out um but <laughs> i feel like that would be harder to convey in a tattoo that like single point of red light but still emanating so the one i'm more confident on is the the undone shoulder but
1: okay now uh hmm. so i guess both of these ideas are like they represent. they have meaning they they have meaning to you yeah right um and they're not like i want to have art not on my body right yeah so uh, i actually do have a tattoo it's um of euler's identity it's on my left <laughs> pectoral and i like i want to compare just for yeah. a second uh, yeah, I'm, I like math. And
0: no, I, I I love that tattoo. Actually, I think it's a great a great addition
1: and very Stephen Barry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I I don't know. I had complicated feelings about it. Uh, not when I was getting it, but for the longest time. Like once I decided to do it, it was very easy to actually go through with it. Mm-hmm. But it was. Um, the thought wasn't, I want a tattoo, what tattoo could I get? It was, wouldn't it be cool if I had a tattoo of Euler's, equa- oh, uh, Euler's identity? Yeah. And So I'm wondering if you're having a sim- similar experience, or if it is more like a, I want a tattoo. Um. Well, most recently it was that I was talking with people who had gotten tattoos
0: of different things, and we were just kind of talking about why they had the tattoos they had, Um. And then I came home that night and thought, huh, if I did have a tattoo, what would it be? So it wasn't necessarily a, I want a tattoo wildly into the ether, don't care what it is. Right. Um, but it it definitely didn't come to me as a fully formed thought that
1: should go on my left pectoral. <laughs> okay, fair enough, yeah. Um. I really should say, like, over my heart and not over my left pectoral. <laughs> but it's not but really your my heart like right in the middle. yeah it's it's not really but it's like where you would put your hand if someone said put your hand on your heart and say the word say the pledge of allegiance or whatever yeah the <laughs> it's like where pythagorean my, oath <laughs> it's where my fourth grade uh teacher told me the heart was because mm-hmm. <laughs> they just lie to you when you're a kid yeah for no real reason yeah Anyway, uh, no, I support, I support both of those. Um, I definitely, I agree that the red light needs to be a bit more thought out. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I th- should actually talk to a tattoo artist about it. Yes, that would be a good idea. <laughs> that is, uh, can we just talk about like my experience Ticket getting a tattoo for a second? Cause sure. it was, it was awesome. And it would, and it is definitely how everything should go when you get your, like your first tattoo uh and i I also don't have any more plans to get another tattoo mom okay so don't freak out (laughs) um i you you like make an appointment and you're like hey i want a tattoo and they're like how big is it and i'm like "Uh, a little bit smaller than a dollar bill and they're like cool so and you make the appointment and you go in and they're like you're steven and i'm like i'm steven and i had a piece of paper with the exact way i wanted it Mm -hmm. like typeface and everything Yep, everything. I printed it out and made sure it was all perfect. Properly turned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I gave it to them and they were like, perfect. And they put it on the machine and the machine, it was like a photocopier and it printed it onto a like temporary tattoo thing. Mm -hmm. And they just put the temporary tattoo on you, made sure like this is exactly where you want it. Yeah. And after saying yes, they just go and they start just tracing with no like ceremony or anything. Yeah, and it was good. And like I also and like there was it was I don't know why but I was expecting some sort of fanfare, not like congratulations, it's your first tattoo, Little good job, party poppers, but, confetti yeah. cannon from the ceiling kind of thing. Not, not like that, but like okay, are you sure? Make sure sign your name. Uh, repeat the sentence five times. <laughs> Like, there was none of that. It was just, this is where you want it? Yep. Okay, let's go. Yeah. It was it was good. It made you, like, not feel the, not not feel the nerves, but, like, feel less of the nerves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think, and I still like my tattoo. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think j-
0: just over one year. Because you debating to get that tattoo was uh, the first thing we talked about outside of the podcast in a podcast call.
1: I mean, like after the, after we stop recording, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it kind of, I guess it kind of feels like it's always been there, and I don't really think mm-hmm. about it that much. So how did you know, like,
0: did you have a a task? did uh, you said there wasn't much buildup when you actually walked in, but was there some buildup in deciding to get the tattoo? Like, was it a a thing you said, okay, I gotta call the tattoo place today, and then
1: the next day you said, okay, I really need to call the tattoo place today. That is actually exactly what happened. Uh, For the longest time, I... Not the longest, it's like... It was several, several months, like, more than half a year I was debating on whether or not to get this tattoo. Mm -hmm. And after I finally made the the decision, I... I mean, yeah, it's scary. It's, you wanna, like... Yeah. keep putting it off but i also want the tattoo so it wasn't like a chore but at the same time i'm like this is a commitment isn't it now so um yeah it, i don't think i put it in my OmniFocus, but i think it was on my mind as like a thing that needs to get done mm-hmm. and i have a problem with getting things done that don't really have due dates especially if they're not even in the system yeah exactly (laughs) it always feels more important to do things with due dates as far if we're Mm -hmm. talking about um ah, it's still not punt squares oh yeah the eisenhower matrix matrix. yeah eisenhower matrix Uh, like the the important and uh urgent urgent yeah thank you the important and urgent like the that is becoming the same box Mm -hmm. and anything that's not urgent isn't important right yeah and so yeah but the some of these things do have due dates like uh like the worrying bugs out of time episodes Mm -hmm. they need to get edited eventually i just don't know exactly when that due date is because (laughs) that's kind of the point of them like we don't know when we're gonna Mm -hmm. need a vacation not a vacation when we can't record this week i think because we have
0: one in the buffer now i think you're good at least until the buffer is empty but I think that's a very dangerous way to play it.
1: It is. And I should just, you know, start editing. And yeah, we have two, we have one edited and one recorded but not edited mm-hmm. at the moment. And that's, I
0: think, our longest recording session ever.
1: By far. Yeah. So yeah, it's a daunting task. It's going to take a long time. And I have lots of time to do it because like now I have at least four weeks. So mm-hmm. we have this this Fortnite's episode and then we have an out of time and then probably six, but not definitely six. Yeah. So it's, uh, I have a long time to do it and I j- it just, ugh, I don't. think
0: if you, the usual advice is to break it up into smaller tasks right, and then set more realistic due dates for the smaller tasks.
1: Yeah. And, but those due dates are arbitrary just completely. Right. And even though they're in their omnifocus, focus, I know that I can just change them. And yeah. in my head, it's like, oh, yeah. this is still unurgent and therefore unimportant. Mm-hmm. Even though it is important, it's just not or- urgent. Yeah. But I think you just kind of need to set
0: those goals. Yeah. And I be just, beholden just to, to yourself. Because <laughs> that's, that's part of what... Um, <laughs> setting the mini goals in my notebook has been about is a lot of my classes are more self-paced so i need to remind myself that i cannot get it all done at the very end of the semester (laughs) and i need to set realistic pacing goals right so that at the end of each week the next week will be about the same amount of work
1: yeah and you can also say whether or not you accomplished your goal from last week and whether or not you need to step it up Mm mm-hmm yeah that makes sense but yeah it's it's hard
0: i agree i have i don't have anything like urgent that doesn't have due dates but i have things that i ought to do like the vlog mm-hmm. that has no actual due date and not even like a, a far away due date but i
1: should do it right right yeah you're not you don't have any repercussions for not getting the vlog out if you just stopped doing the vlog nothing would happen except that the vlog wouldn't be out yeah but you should still make the vlog because the vlog is awesome <laughs> uh so yeah all right i'll just do it just do it steven come on and i i do think that breaking it down into smaller
0: chunks or just saying this week i'm gonna spend half an hour editing it and however right. far i get in that half hour
1: right yeah just i'll do the first quarter and do it that way that's a good idea
0: because mm-hmm. then it okay. doesn't feel as daunting if you, dear listener, have any ideas on how Steven can uh, get his daunting but not do tasks done, if you want to hear what that uh, that out of time episode is, you're done with all this riffraff where we're slightly uh, up to date and timely, and you just, just <laughs> want to hear the out of date stuff, out of time stuff, um, you can let me know on Twitter. I'm at the puns guy.
1: And I am at not Steven Berry.
0: And now we're going to move into the book club. We're reading Turtles All the Way Down. We read it all the way to the end. Um, if you haven't been reading along with us on Turtles All the Way Down, but you do want to join us for our next book club, it's going to be uh, Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman. Usually we go to the first or the, the nearest chapter to 100 pages.
1: Was that the results of the Twitter poll, or was that
0: just arbitrary? No, there were two votes, and both of them were for Mr. Feynman.
1: Awesome. All right. The book is
0: over, Zach. Yeah. You made it sound like you were going to talk about the ending before no, this last... No, just same. it's over. Yeah.
1: And we'll yeah. get to our thoughts on that after we talk about the other stuff that happened before that. <laughs> So we char- started this uh, Fortnite at chapter 17. Right.
0: Um, I've had so many Star Lectures. Like, he was giving her the whole rigmarole of, oh, well, there's Arcturus, and you can find it by pointing however the Big Dipper points or something, and there's Polaris. And, like, really the only ones that I can identify still are Orion and Polaris, and I guess yeah, the Dippers. Like, technically,
1: but... I can get Ursa Major, but only because it's the Big Dipper, yeah. but more of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it just
0: takes a, a certain kind of person to actually remember all of the the star charts.
1: I think it also takes a certain amount of, like, caring. I never cared.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's the, the, the certain kind of person who cares oh, about yeah. star
1: charts. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> wrong with that. It's just not no. our thing. <laughs> um they like okay so they did the thing in the pool and you need a towel you really need a towel it's a heated pool Steven it's fine you need a okay just think it through <laughs> think things through also Davis should have a heated outdoor towel holder right yeah okay that, lo- yep. that way you can like uh, spontaneously go skinny dipping whenever and not have to worry about your towel yeah it wasn't skinny dipping, technically, but... Also, you just, ra- you just run past his brother in your soaking underwear, which is still soaked, by the way. Just because yeah. you put your clothes on doesn't make it less soaked. I feel like once they went inside, they... You can't just, like, towel off the like articles of clothing. They're still damp. Okay, yeah. Just saying. While
0: they were in the pool is the point at which I actually looked up uh, if Tuatara have a popular culture section okay on wikipedia and? and they do yes and this book is a part of it that makes sense also i looked them up on images and they really they if you pointed it to, to atara and told me it was a lizard i would say yeah it looks like a lizard
1: <laughs> uh fun fact um underneath the dust cover of uh the physical book is i will show you it looks what do you call that it's a uh, imprint on the oh yeah it's embossed embossed. it's embossed uh tuatara not a turtle Uh, tuatara that's very clear from the tail and the legs and the lack of shell
0: (laughs) yeah john green talks quite a lot actually about different bookbinding stuff he's he's a fan of it so when he publishes his books he puts a lot of effort into what gets embossed on Mm -hmm. the cover yeah and and
1: it's uh it's Well-bound, like, there's not a lot of, like, glue chunks sticking out. Mm -hmm. It is, I mean, glue, because it's not economical to do it any other way. You do the little threads. The the threads, I imagine, are much more difficult than the glue. Yeah. When she starts talking about how the bacteria are kind of thinking for her because of gut brain, Mm -hmm. I wrote that the bacteria might be thinking more clearly than you are right now. (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, she was drinking soap, Zach. Or hand sanitizer. Yeah. yeah okay, not thinking yeah. clearly. That's Well, but the point she's
0: making is that the, the thoughts that are in her head are because of the bacteria. So it's the bacteria that it's, are making it's, her... It's a good
1: joke, okay? Why well, you gotta ruin my good jokes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the bacteria that get in your head and like make mice not afraid of cats and that kind of thing, those definitely freak me out. I entirely yes. understand where she's coming yeah. from in that. I
1: don't like to think about that for sure. So I don't. I don't think about <laughs> how the majority of the cells in my body are not me. I not, don't have my DNA, I should say. Because I do consider the bacteria in me part of me. Like, yeah. just as much as, like, uh, some dead skin. Like, if some dead skin mm-hmm. flakes off, I'm not going to be like, Ah, there's just, I'm falling off. <laughs> Shipathesia, <laughs> steven When does it no longer you? It does not matter. When is it, it? Really does not matter. Like what <laughs> labels we put on things. Because the you and the me, they're just labels. We're just a bunch of cells. It's cool. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really does not matter at all. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That is my official stance. You can quote me on that.
0: Mm. Uh, chapter eighteen. I have the note. Uh, don't attack verbally or physically or whatever someone while they're driving Mm -hmm. and then i have the note a page later qed
1: chapter 19 yep uh i don't really have anything until the end of the chapter um when she attempts to drink soap from or Mm -hmm. drink hand sanitizer in the hospital uh as much as it like is embarrassing and it sucks for aza that this is happening like that someone caught her trying to drink hand sanitizer i'm really glad that her mother saw her try to do this because now she can Mm -hmm. get the help that she needs
0: narrative structure
1: and uh my very poor comprehension of
0: mental health say that uh the accident and the subsequent stay in the hospital uh, is going to help her ocd it is not it's not actually what's going to happen uh but yeah, that was the thought that I was thinking for a
1: millisecond. <laughs> um, later, I wrote that, um, uh, this still applies to this chapter, I think, um, that I really enjoy the good Azza, bad Aza dialogue yeah. she has yeah. with italics. It, it's a good way to structure that. Yeah, I agree. And I don't really have anything for a couple. Yeah, I have... Um, in chapter 21, uh, relationship is capitalized a few times, and so is thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, hold on. I can't remember what I was talking about. It was an interesting thing. Um, they this is well, capital wrong, R, relationship,
0: I mean. relationship is a phrase.
1: Yeah, but like then they start using the word relationship in dialogue, capitalized. You said? Uh, yeah, nope. 239. Or you don't have page numbers, never mind. Yeah. Um, oh okay here so the 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 passage goes do i really want to waste my youth in a capital r relationship and so i was like let's see other people and he was like no and i was like please and he was like i want to be in a monogamous relationship that Mm -hmm. relationship is not capitalized and i was like i just don't want the weight of this like capital t thing dominating my life and he was like, I'm not a lowercase t thing. And then we broke up. So that was an interesting thing mm-hmm. that, they did, that he did there. Which is showing the importance of the relationship, the thing, to... Well, it may seem like uh, Michael thinks the mm-hmm. relationship is a much bigger deal. He, John Green is showing that really it's uh, Daisy who thinks it's a much bigger deal... In that she does not want to be part of it because it's okay. such a big deal. But Michael's like, I want to have fun, yeah. it seems like. Not fun, but like, yeah, have a nice, fluffy mm. relationship. Lowercase r. I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't notice that. I, I just... I didn't read that far into it, I suppose. I did notice that there was a difference between that <laughs> thing. Uh, which is an interesting because it's used online a lot i know that if you capitalize a word in the middle of a sentence and it's a thing it's not just a thing it's a whole thing
1: also in chapter 21 they referenced uh ne- russian right. nesting dolls and i remember a set of russian nesting dolls from when i was a kid and i'm pretty sure the last one was just empty and not hollow or not uh solid I think you lost the solid one. uh, We were missing one. (laughs) We might have lost the solid one, but I remember vividly that I got to the last one and there was nothing inside and I was very disappointed. Because, yeah, that's the only one you would notice you missed, really. If you lost one of the middle (laughs) ones, it would just be a
0: slightly shorter nesting doll sequence. But, yeah, I think you lost the solid one, Steven.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get verification on that. from.
0: Because I had a... uh, milwaukee braves nesting doll thing which is a defunct they don't exist anymore <laughs> okay it was the team that came before the brewers uh, and there was a solid oh, okay. one of the braves was solid in the middle <laughs>
1: uh on page 245 uh yeah they they said the thing they they said the title of the book roll credits oh, okay
0: yeah 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 yeah, it was. I remember when I was first reading, um, like, mentions that John Green was writing a new book and it was called Turtles All the Way Down. Somebody brought up that it was a theological discussion, yeah. so I I knew that going in. Yeah, I suppose. I, I
1: remember watching a movie when I was young enough to have a babysitter, and mm-hmm. it was like a family video blockbuster, whatever yeah. it was, DVD, and. It was about it was a gu- about a guy who lived on a world that is flat and supported by turtles. Was it Discworld? It's possible, but it I don't know. I I'm gonna look up the plot quick of Discworld because I don't because oh, Discworld the name is of the a whole movie. series. It might have been. Oh, was there a movie about? No, it was a movie. It was definitely a movie. Oh wait, maybe. Was it called The Color of Magic? That sounds familiar. Then it was Discworld. Okay. Uh, anyway, I remember like the the main character is like this really bad wizard or something. Yeah, yeah, that's Discworld. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. that's so cool! Like, cause I just got done reading that like a half a month ago. Okay. Uh, I, I I didn't like. I was probably too young to fully comprehend. Yeah. Like, what I think the heck you should was.
0: actually read it. I think I've recommended it for to you.
1: Forty-one novels. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> it's a big thing jesus anyway i just like the most the most memorable scene because it's the only one i really remember was them deciding like the society deciding that we need to find the gender of the turtle Mm -hmm. and at the end they do figure it out but they don't tell the audience i'm pretty sure that's
0: not how the color of magic book ends holy cow
1: I don't know how again it was a long time ago and I could be completely wrong about that Um, anyway then I was like to my babysitter what the heck and she was like I'm pretty sure that's a thing that they used to believe which was that the world is flat and resting on the back of a turtle Mm -hmm. because there's um, in Discworld
0: there's also maybe it wasn't in the movie but there's also three elephants holding up the disc on the back of the turtle yeah
1: and yeah I just, I just so i googled it and found that story exactly actually that they said in the book of a woman who was in the back of a mm-hmm. lecture and was like but you're wrong because yep. turtles all the way down but but yeah that's how i knew about it do you think it's a good title for the book yeah i don't know what a better title would be yeah probably not i think hank green's
0: new book has a wonderful title but it's also so very broad just an incredibly remarkable thing. That's
1: it's yeah. very Hank Green. I must say.
0: So chapter 22, if I remember correctly, she's talking about, um, like she feels like there should be some big change. She just f- solved this big mystery and now her life should be different. She should be actualized or whatever. And I was wondering if you feel like you've solved mm-hmm. any big mystery where you felt like you should be actualized afterwards or even not actualized afterwards.
1: Hmm. I don't know. There aren't a whole lot of mysteries in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't answer the question either. I'm curious about, like, this is a mystery that hasn't been solved. I want to know, like, what I'm going to end up doing as far as uh living. Where, like, the location in which I live. You see that as a mystery? It's... It's not a, a mystery, but uh, an unknown. Something that I don't entirely know about myself, like, I've wanted to study math for, like, ever. This very long time I've wanted to study math, and now I'm doing it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But at different points in my life, I've wanted to live different places. And yeah. at this point in my life, right right now, I don't really know where I want to live in the future, like, when I have a job and a, it's all great. Do you have, like, a top five list? Yeah, but they're, like, all over the place. So, like, and they're not very, they're very general as well, is... Like bustling metropolis, se- semi-bustling metropolis, the middle of <laughs> Wyoming, literally with no road to my house, you have to take a snowmobile mm-hmm. up, up to the front door. And that's like my mountain man yeah. kind of mentality. I just want to not, I think I, I either want to be like completely integrated with society or completely cut off except for like an internet mm-hmm. connection, which is, I realize, not very cut off. But for yeah. as far as people like physical actual people go, I would want to be out in a cabin or a probably a really big cabin <laughs> doesn't really matter I don't know it's just I I'm, I'm curious to see where I yeah. actually do end up
0: will you be actualized once you figure it out once you move in and become a mountain man in your very large cabin will you be at peace finally then
1: I mean or you had, uh, it could be something like I in my earlier years, like when I, once I retire, I move out to the mm. middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my best to avoid taxation. That's how out in the middle of nowhere I want to be. All right. And I'll just rely on Zach's future <laughs> mesh network to get contact. But yeah, I think that's like the the pinnacle of um, isolation is if the IRS doesn't know where you are. Yeah. If the government can't tax you, that's pretty impressive. Is what I'm trying to say. I think. Okay, I I see it. I I don't know where
0: that thought came from. Like where that originated in your head or outside of your
1: head, how it got into your head. But it's correct. I only think in correct things, so that's how (laughs) it came about. Obviously.
0: Okay, Mm -hmm. moving
1: on. (laughs) Did you cry? At what instance?
0: Uh, it was chapter twenty-four. Some line about like your first love. No,
1: did you cry at some other line about? I don't know. No, whatever? there was a point I felt sad. Um, I forget which point that is, though.
0: Because I, I have honestly never read a John Green book and not <laughs> cried.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, he he does. He is good at doing that. I. I definitely cared about Azza more than I have for other books. Mm-hmm. Like if this happened to Richard from um, Reamde, yeah, I, I, whatever, I shrug it mm-hmm. off. But Azza is a good character. Or even Jazz from Artemis. Yeah. And then it ended
0: a lot like you anticipated. There was going to be a big accident, and then there was going to be some reconciliation with someone. But the person the yeah. reconciliation was with was herself yeah
1: and i think that it kind of like spread out to her relationships with with daisy and with davis um yeah i i think and i also liked that like she wasn't just cured afterwards yeah like she was still struggling with it and she still that's from what i can tell at least Mm -hmm. uh tends to be the case where things just get a little bit better they're not fixed per se
0: yeah
1: so i think this was that was a really good ending um and i don't think i'd change anything i might have had davis stick around but that was just because i like davis i think Mm -hmm. he's cool for not being entirely upset about the lizard not lizard thing getting (laughs) his money that really should be his Mm -hmm. um he just kind of shrugged it off, and that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I.
0: It also wasn't out of left field for him to move with yeah, Noah. Exactly. Though it
1: wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like Artemis, where they just kind of. She's alive. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna stay around. His dad's fine. <laughs> also, his dad was. I don't know, like uh not he, he didn't have a choice in the matter of running away he was forced to he was doing a, like an undercover boss thing
0: but not at his own yeah. place it was at a um it was at a <laughs> sports food place which is why he was thinking about joggers mouths yeah
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> no I, this was a good ending yeah and so uh out of five stars zach what do you give turtles all the way down
0: i think i gave it five on goodreads and i i stand behind that i think it's a five-star book i
1: think so too is that the first worrying bugs five-star book
0: yeah because i don't think ream d was five it was like 4.8
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so if you like this uh rate and subscribe and join us next fortnight when we will be reading up to the first uh the chapter nearest 100 page pages let me just all right
0: all right well i don't see the chapter markers
1: so we'll be reading up to about 100 pages right
0: which is roughly a quarter of the book
1: if you want to write us with
0: your thoughts on it as you're reading through or uh you want us you want to talk with us about turtles all the way down um you can reach out to us on twitter again i'm at the puns guy and I'm at not Stephen Barry. and we'll be right back in your feeds again in one fortnight. Good, good, goodbye. G- goodbye. G- g-